so much of our practice in in following the Buddha's teachings is is uh, is recognizing our suffering and our pain and learning how to relate skillfully to it. The Buddha, in his teaching on the Four Noble Truths, of course, tells us that our our suffering, there's you know, there's the suffering that's sort of inherent in life, and life is challenging. There's the suffering of sickness, aging, death, and separation. Uh, you know, but we, if you know, that suffering is always going to be there in life, and it doesn't prevent us from happiness. Uh, it doesn't prevent us from the heart. It doesn't prevent us from happiness of heart. We can, we can make it prevent us from happiness of heart by the way that we relate to it. Uh, but there's the suffering that's the mental suffering, the emotional suffering that the Buddha talks about in his teachings on the Four Noble Truths. Uh, that's the suffering of aversion and desire and delusion. Uh, that's the suffering in the mind, and that's the suffering that blocks off the heart. Uh, and uh, you know, that's the suffering that you know, the Buddha is concerned with, uh, because it prevents us from happiness in this life. Uh, so uh, this suffering, of course, is, 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 comes from something that we do. It's the way that we hold on. It's the way that we hold on. Uh, so uh, uh, something happens, an emotion arises, and we hold on to it. When uh, holding on is really strong, it manifests in what we call fixation. We fixate. So if something happens with our job or a relationship or it's the pandemic or it's the ways of the world or it is sickness, aging, and death. Something happens, an emotion arises, it's strong, we hold on to it, we go into a story and a narrative, we hold on to it. And there's a lot of ways to think about the things that we hold on to. Uh, one of the ways the Buddha describes it is uh, he describes our suffering as crying and weeping over being separated from what we find pleasing and joined with what we find displeasing. Right? Uh, he also talks about just the simple uh, you know, preoccupation with the past and the future. You know, thinking about in the past things were this way and I was this way and my life was this way and the world was this way you know, or in the future I'm going to be this way and my life is going to be this way and the world is going to be this way I'm sure we can all identify with these ways of you know, things coming you know, th these thoughts coming up of past and future and holding on to them right? Uh, you know, I know I, um, I have to move you know, so that thought of moving, you know, and this is what it's going to be like, and all those thoughts that go with that, uh, and all those emotions and holding on to that. So, uh, uh, you know, these different feelings arise, we hold on to them, they give rise to stories, we hold on to them, and then oftentimes we get stuck, you know, we get stuck, we get stuck. Seen this in my own mind over the last week, getting stuck, you know, in this narrative about moving and the emotions that are coming up around that, getting stuck. You know, the mind just keeps going to that, keeps going to that. That's what sometimes we call fixation. The mind gets stuck and we can't let go. 
And, you know, this is when our suffering becomes really painful because once we get stuck, then, of course, there's the suffering about being stuck, you know, and I'm stuck in this suffering and there's the suffering about suffering and we lose our connection to the heart. You know, we lose our connection to the heart. So, you know, this is kind of what, what happens in the mind, right? This is what suffering looks like. So, uh, you know, I probably don't need to go into too much detail about that, right? About, about what suffering looks like. Uh, our practice, uh, when we're suffering and when we're clinging and when we're fixating, when there's this kind of fixation, which is what, the, what we often kind of find ourselves in, is in a, is in a state where now that's just the nature of the mind, is it, is it, it grasps onto something, it grasps onto something and it just won't let go. It just won't let go, it just won't let go, it just won't let go, it just won't let go. It's the nature of the mind. You know, these different th thoughts and emotions are clingable phenomena, so they lend themselves to holding on, holding on, holding on, holding on, holding on, holding on. Uh, so, uh, you know, what we learn to do uh, f uh, you know, in, in, in relating to this tendency of the mind to, to fixate and to hold on and to cling uh, what we learn to do when we are fixating is first we learn to ease fixation, ease the fixation. So this is a term that I've used oftentimes over the years, uh, to ease fixation. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I really, I really kind of like that term, to ease fixation, because, uh, you know, it, 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 in many ways it's kind of like compassionate, right? Uh, it's not saying stop holding on. Just, it's like, just don't hold on so tight. Just don't hold on so tight. It's not saying let go, you know, it's just saying try to ease the fixation. Uh, you know, because we tend to think of things in terms of black and white, I'm either fixating or I'm not. Uh, we're tend, we tend to be, you know, you know, I mean, it's kind of this, this sort of paradigm of suffering is like we're holding on so tight uh, and we can't let go, but we're so desperate to let go, right? We're so desperate to let go. We're so desperate to let go of our, of our, of our holding on. So uh, what we learn to do is lessen the intensity of our grasping, you know, uh, uh, by easing fixation. So it's a, it's a gradual process, right? It's a gradual process or a gradual awakening, a gradual awakening. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, if it's a cloudy day like it is here, uh, you know, we would sort of like, you know, metaphorically speaking, you know, all of a sudden the sun to be out and it to be bright and, you know, uh, you know, but, but, you know, the way the Buddhist teaching is, is, you know, what we're, what we're looking for are little breaks in the clouds, right? A little break in the clouds. So uh, the first thing that we have to do in terms of easing fixation is, is seeing that we're fixating, seeing that we're clinging, seeing that we're holding on to some kind of a story. Uh, you know, this is in many ways the biggest challenge, right? You know, uh, is to, when we're fixating and when we're holding on to see that that's what we're doing. Because part of the nature of fixation is when you're fixating on something, that's all you can see. That's all you can see. So you don't realize what you're doing, and you're blinded essentially. 
you don't realize what you're doing. So, uh, you know, the term in Buddhism is avijja or ignorance. You know, ignorance doesn't mean you're dumb. Ignorance in Buddhism means you just don't see what you're doing. You know, and the height of avijja or ignorance is you're holding on and you're clinging and you're suffering and you don't realize it. So, you know, the way out of ignorance, you know, isn't to, you know, isn't to read a lot of books or to hear a lot of Dharma talks. I mean, the Dharma talks can help you understand what it is that you need to do. But the way out of ignorance is start to see what you're doing. Start to see that you're holding on. Start to pay attention to what it is that you're doing. Uh, to see that you're fixating. So, uh, so that's the beginning of finding freedom from suffering and pain, is seeing your suffering and pain. That's the first noble truth. So, uh, you know, it begins with, okay, I see that I'm fixating, I'm holding on to these feelings of fear or anger or sadness or resentment or worry or disappointment or whatever it is. Uh, so to begin to see that that's what you're doing, uh, uh, to see the emotion, to see the story, and, and then to bring awareness to it, right? So first to see what you're doing. Okay, now I see what I'm doing. Now what do I do with it? You bring awareness to it. So, so you know, think of these as steps. First you have to see, okay, you know what? You know, I'm really stuck in this story. I'm really stuck in this emotion. Uh, now what do I do? All right, let me just bring awareness to it. You know, think about these as separate steps. You know, because you know, once you see what you're doing, you need to know what to do, right? And the tendency, of course, is once you see that, you know, you see what you're doing. The tendency then is to like, I got to get rid of this. But that's not what the teaching asks that you do. The teaching asks that you bring awareness to it. So it's a next step. We've talked a lot about, you know, this acronym of ABC, awareness, breath, and compassion as being the steps to follow. So you bring awareness to it. So uh, you, you're, you know, in bringing awareness to what's going on, you know, if you think about it in terms on the, on the terms of the level, on the, on the, on the level of the emotion that you're feeling, okay, there's anxiety, you know, I'm feeling this anxiety or fear about moving, you know. Let me bring awareness to that, or I'm worried about what's going to happen, you know, after you know the pandemic, or I'm regretting what happened in the past, or whatever it is. So the next step is you know to bring awareness to it, which means create a relationship to it in which you're the observer, right? So let me take a step back and observe it. Let me take a step back from it and look at it. Uh, so there's kind of a subject-object relationship to it. So I see what's happening. Okay, let me just simply look at it. And when you look at it, what do you do? You create some space. So you're going from, this is terrible, things are going to be awful, my life is going to be, all right, there's anxiety about the future. And then looking at it and creating a little bit of space. And that's how you begin to ease the fixation. Right? As you create a little bit of space by observing what's there, by observing what's there. So it's very different than what uh, we might think that we need to do is try to get rid of something or fix it. You're not trying to get rid of it. You're not trying to fix it. What you're trying to do is change your relationship to it. So there's a little bit of space, you know, and 
in that space, you know, there's, you know, the, you know the, the fixation is eased, you know, and sometimes the fixation is eased just for a few moments, but you've eased it for a few moments, which starts to make a big difference. You've started to ease it. You've started to lessen the intensity of your grasping, and you've also started to, to show yourself that, oh, I can do this. I can create a little bit of space. Because, you know, the thing, thing is, when we're stuck in something and we're fixated on something, uh, you know, a lot of the pain is, is, is the fact that we feel like, comes from the fact that we feel like, you know, there's nothing I can do about this. I'm, gonna, I'm overwhelmed. Um, I'm out of control here. Uh, you know, I don't have the ability to unstuck, unstick myself, unstuck myself. You know, so we're learning that we can, we can do that just by observing. Uh, so it's very powerful once we're, we're able to do that. So, so we learn to bring awareness to what's coming up, and uh, and then we try to, you know, we use the breath, you know, and that's sort of the B in the equation to be able to maintain the space to some extent, right? So, you know, the more you can stay with the breath and leave things to the side or have some space, uh, you know, the more you can have a non-attached, non-fixated relationship to the experience. So, you know, that's essentially, you know, equanimity. You know, the breath enables you to just sort of maintain that space to some extent. So, uh, you know, equanimity isn't, uh, you know, isn't letting go. It isn't uh, uh, this, the quality of being that exists when there's no more holding on, non-clinging, but it's close because, you know, you've got a little bit of space from the clinging. So. Uh, so it's a, it's you know it's 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 a it's a favorable state to be in when there's equanimity. So you're able to kind of have a little bit of space from the fixation, and you know that's an ability that you develop through breath meditation. You know you develop that ability to have space by developing the qualities of jhana, which includes equanimity. You know so I know you know we talk about this stuff a lot. Uh, this, but but the thing of it is, it's so important to talk about it and to remember it because, you know, when we get caught, we forget. You know, when we get caught, I mean, and that's that's part of the definition of being caught is uh, we don't realize what's going on and we forget what it is that we're supposed to do. So we need to kind of constantly be remembering, and you know, your understanding of these basic principles will grow over time as you practice with them. You know, so, you know, sort of any time I give a talk on this stuff, I'm usually inspired by a deepening insight that I have about, you know, these basic uh, skills that we're developing, you know, and I've been working with these skills for years and years. It's very profound uh, what it's like when we learn to be able to take a step back and observe and ease fixation. So, you know, in meditation, you know, we're developing qualities of concentration that enable us to be skillful with pain. You know, we're talking about mental pain, suffering, dukkha, clinging, fixation. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and you know, and this is essential. You know, this is essential because uh, you know, life is going to offer us a lot of challenges. These challenges of sickness, aging, and death, uh, and. Uh, you know, we need to be able to have skills so that we can that we can negotiate our way through this life, you know, and make the most of this life because it's going to be really, really challenging. 
uh, in this life. You know, we've all seen that over the past year, but, uh, you know, this is the way that it always is. Uh, so, you know, you know, you know, the point is, is that we, we, we need to, we need to have these skills, you know, we need to have these skills. It's not going to be, you know, an, an easy ride. Everybody here is going to die, you know, it's going to be challenging, you know, uh, but, you know, the Buddha, you know, gives us these skills so that we can, uh, so we can meet our experience. But, you know, we have to, we have to work hard to develop the skills of meditation. So, uh, we learn in meditation to develop the ability to have space, you know, to be an observer, to be able to maintain space, and that's how we ease fixation. So when there starts to be some space, so most of us can kind of live in this state of just going in and out of clinging, right, and holding on, right? You know, going in and out of clinging and holding on. And then gradually over time, if we practice meditation, you know, we're able to stay more with the breath. We're able to see what's happening when it's arising in terms of our clinging and bring more awareness to it. And we begin to have more space. You know, we begin to have more space. You know, and that's kind of what we're striving for. So, uh, you know, which doesn't mean that there's not going to be suffering you know, and not going to be difficulty and challenge, but our relationship to it is different and there's more space and there's more space. So, you know, when there's space, you know, then we can take a wider view of things, you know. It's like when we're fixating, all we know is our suffering. It's like if I'm looking at my screen right now, you know, and I'm looking at Robin and it's all I see is Robin. She's right in the middle. I don't know if she's in the middle of your screen. Robin is like right in the middle of my screen. So when I'm fixating, all I can see is Robin. That's all I can see is Robin, you know. But when we have some space, then I can kind of pull back and there's, wow, my God, there's all these other rectangles here. You know, there's 31 other rectangles. Amazing. Amazing. Because before, all I could see was Robin. You know, when we start to create some space, you know, Robin's still there. You know, Robin, you're suffering today. Sorry. I, I'm <laughs> metaphorically. So, you know, but now I can see, oh, there's all these other rectangles. I'm able to take a wider view of things. And if we can start to take a wider view of things, then we can see the possibility for happiness. Then we can see the possibility for happiness. You know, We can see the possibility for happiness of heart. If we can take a wider view and pull back, we can find the heart. We can find the heart. But when we're fixated, we can't find the heart. We've lost the heart. So we learn to ease our fixation, to be able to pull back, to create some space, so that we can find the heart. When we're suffering, when we're fixated, we lose sight of the heart. You know, our Dharma practice is a practice of developing skills, I like to say, so that we can make a journey, the journey to the heart. So that we can make the journey to the heart. So, uh, you know, years ago, Jack Cornfield said, you know, it has to be a path with heart. I agree with that, but I, but it, you know, it has to be a path with heart, but it's a path that leads us to the heart, ultimately. You know, it's a path that leads us to the heart. The path has a goal. The goal is the heart. The goal is the heart. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a path to the heart. It's a path to the heart. The heart is there, you know? The heart is there, you know? Uh, you know, the, the, the goal is there. It's not like you have to make the goal. The goal is there. The heart is there. The heart is always there. The heart is 
a kaliko, the card, uh, the Pali term, the heart is part of the ever-present truth. Uh, you know, it's just that when we're fixated, you know, the heart is there. When we're fixated, when I'm fixated on Robin, I can't see the heart. When I pull back, and when I create some space, you know, I'm able to take a step back and take a wider view, and the heart is right there. The heart is right there. It's just that we lose sight of the heart, and we forget about the heart. We lose sight of the heart. We forget about the heart. How much time during every day do you forget about the heart? You get caught up, you know, you know, you get caught up in clinging to one little thing or one big thing, some thought of the past, some thought of the future, you know, disliking something, liking something, worrying about something, caught in some kind of narrative, you know, and, and, and you get stuck on that and you forget about the heart. And you forget about the heart. So, you know, when we ease our fixation, you know, we take a step back, we can take a wider view of things, we see the heart is right there. You know, I, you know, I've kind of alluded to this, you know, when we're in pain, when we're struggling, when we're fixating on something, when we're lost in some thought of the past or the future, uh, the tendency is to think that we have to change things or fix things, right? Uh, but we really don't have to fix anything. You know, we don't have to get something that you don't have. You already have the heart. You know, you already have the heart. You already have compassion and loving kindness and joy, you know. Uh, you just have to find what you've already got and what you've lost sight of. So when we were able to take a step back and there's some space, uh, you know, we can be here in every moment, in this moment right now, with metta, with loving kindness, with joy. We're able to be in whatever moment we're in wholeheartedly with loving kindness, regardless of what the circumstances of our lives are. When we can take a step back, you know, we're suffering, we're having a hard time, we're clinging, we're fixating, we learn to take a step back and get a little bit of space, and it's like, oh, the heart is right there. Let me be in this moment with loving kindness. You know, that's the path. You know, once you do that, you've reached the goal. That's the goal right there in that moment. You found the goal. You found the goal. The goal is the heart. It's the path to the heart. You know, so it's like in any moment, you can, when you've developed your skills, you can come to the heart. The heart is always there, regardless of what the circumstances of your life are, regardless of the suffering that you're dealing with in any moment. You know, the heart is always there. You know, we're just developing the skills so that we can, so that we can find the heart in any moment can find the heart in any moment. I mean, I've just seen this so much over the past, you know, past year or the, in the past weeks. And we've talked about this a lot in this group, how, uh, you know, I've been suffering and I've been struggling and I've been clinging and I've been fixating on something, you know, and, you know, just like, okay, I see what's happening. Let me pull back. Let me bring some awareness to what's happening. You know, can I find the heart in this moment? And it's right there. Can I be in this moment right now? you know, connected to the heart, you know, with loving kindness. Can I find joy in the heart in this moment right now? You know? I mean, that's our practice. That's our practice. You know, and, you know, you know, we talk about, you know, I mean, the heart is what, the heart is what motivates our, mo our, our actions. Uh, 
you know, sometimes there's big actions that we can take, you know, I'm going to find a new job or I'm going to, you know, you know, you know, write a new book or whatever it is, uh, all these things that we can do or, you know, even bigger actions during the course of the day, I'm going to call a friend or I'm going to go do this. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's just these very simple moment to moment actions that we take, right? Uh, you know, it might just be, can I be right here in this moment right now, you know, with love and kindness, right? You know, can right now I just listen to what he's saying with love and kindness? Can I be sitting on the chair or the cushion I'm sitting on right now with love and kindness in this moment? Can I be in all postures? You know, we talk about being mindful in all postures. You know, can, can I be connected to the heart? Can I find the heart when I'm standing, sitting, lying down? When I'm moving, can I be connected to the heart? Can I find the heart in any moment? In all my experiences of hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, seeing, cognizing. So, you know, this is our task, you know, is in the moment to find the heart, to find the heart. You know, we put in a lot of effort in Dharma practice over time to develop our skills. We've spent a lot of time meditating, right? But our task is to find the heart in the moment that we're in. You know? Our task is to find loving kindness in the moment that we're in. Our task is to find joy in the moment that we're in, right now. In the moment that we're in. You know, that's our task as Dharma students, whatever the moment is, whatever the moment is, regardless of the content of the moment, the content isn't what matters so much. So, you know, this is sort of the question that we can, uh, you know, that we can uh, use to guide ourselves and to ask ourselves is, can I find the heart right now? Because you know, it's always about right now, right? It's always about right now. It's not, can I find the heart tomorrow? You know, that's the great error. You know, that's the great error that we make is, can I find the heart tomorrow? You know, maybe I listen, if I listen to enough of these Dharma talks or buy a few new books, you know, maybe if I get on Amazon later and, and buy a whole bunch of new books, you know, I'll be able to find the heart. You know, your job is to find the heart right now in the moment that you're in, not tomorrow. Tomorrow we don't know. We might not be here tomorrow. Nobody knows. We might not be here this afternoon. Our job is to find the heart in the moment that we're in, right now. now. This is something that we can do. This is something that we can do. The heart is always right there. The heart won't let you down. The heart is what will see you through. <laughs> 